Welcome to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Thank you for joining the Purpose Driven Sobriety Podcast. My name is Christine. I'm an alcoholic. I want to thank a friend of the show, Mr. Notch Wilson. He was a guest on our show. I want to say it was number, oh goodness, six or seven. I'm probably wrong on that. But Notch um, is in recovery himself and and, um, uh, chose to sponsor a show or two. And so I'm very grateful to Notch. Thank you so much. Um, so on the show, we we just basically share our experience, experience strength, and hope um, with the person who is still out there suffering. So um, I am very, very grateful to have Mr. Craig on our show today. And um, I met Craig through, um, and I know that y'all hear me say this pretty much every show, but you know, this it's been a great resource for finding guests is the the recovery pages that are on online, you know, namely Facebook. You know, that's just a, you know, if you're, if you're new to recovery or, or, um, or you're a veteran in recovery, you can really find some community in some of these pages, you know, just out, just like with, with, you know, person to person need any meetings, you want to, you know, go in, test drive them and see if you're a good fit, if they're a good fit for you. Um, don't get discouraged if you're not. Move on to the next one. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of ones to choose from. So um, I, I met Mr. Craig in one of those uh, pages, and he graciously agreed to come on and share his experience, strength, and hope with each, with uh, with us. So, Mr. Craig, thank you so much for, for being on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me, Christine. And, you know, I want to thank you for your service because um, without people like you and without purpose-driven sobriety, you know, um, there would be a lot more people out there that are really hurting. That's and, I agree. Uh, I agree. Thank you for saying that. Oh, absolutely. And I will I will say that, that Craig is, is sporting, you know, I, I, I wear pretty much every single day I wear a, a recovery type t-shirt and so yeah for those of you that aren't watching the video on on youtube um um craig is wearing a, a sober af shirt which definitely means alcohol free the af get your mind out of the gutter it's alcohol al- sober alcohol free um is what we're gonna just say that it means uh but anyway so yeah i, I love how you recover out loud i'm the same exact way mm-hmm so tell me all the things. Tell me who is Craig. What was it like? What happened? And what do you like now? You know, um, I'll, I'll tell you. First, first of all, um, by God's grace in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, I have been sober thirteen years, eleven months, and twenty-eight days. That's so, that's amazing. Congratulations. Right? So. so in three short days, I have a good chance of reaching another milestone, 14 years. Wow. Uh, and, and I do it one day at a time. Amen. You know, it, it strictly is a one day at a time program. Um, and for, for, for the people that are listening that, that might be new in recovery, might be struggling with recovery, um, I have been exactly where you are sitting today. Um, there is no difference. Um, you know, um, I don't want to take over the show, but I mean, no, I, please, I yeah. right, right into my yes. experience, strength and hope. Absolutely. What it was like, what happened and what's it like now? Oh my God. You know, I can remember 
Um, I never drank and partied like normal people, ever. Um, people used to say, oh, don't worry, that's Craig. You know, he's got an addictive personality. You know, um, I took everything one, two, three steps further. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at the parties when, you know, in high school and in my, my 20s and 30s, um, when the party was over, people left and there I was still drinking. Right. You know, uh, people stop drinking on Sunday. So they go back to work on Monday or stop drinking after one drink. That 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 That's was weird. never that never happened to me. I never had that luxury. Um, you know, uh, I found out very early on that um, I thought drinking let me be the person I really wanted to be. Mm -hmm. they, I, if you know what I mean, I you do. know, when I drank, it was like the curtain would rise and Craig would go on stage and everybody loved me. I was the life of the party. And, you know, um, that's what alcohol does to us, right? It takes over our minds and makes us think different things. Um, you so, know, so, so how so, old were you when you <clears throat> when you had that first curtain rise? Oh, my God. I thought I was getting an award, Christine. When the first day that curtain rose and uh, I was the life of the party, it was like I walked on stage to get the Academy Award, I guess. How uh, old were you? Oh, when that first started? Yeah. Oh, my God. I would probably want to say I was a late bloomer, probably about 17, 16, okay. 17. Um, and now, where were you raised? San Diego, California. Okay, okay. You're California because you're, you're you're we're talking. You're in California right now. Absolutely, okay. I'm in California right now. Born gotcha. and raised native. Now, were um, you an only child? No, I was the middle child. So I, I uh, I've got an older sister and a younger brother. Okay, okay. And uh, you know, uh, I don't want to talk about their recovery. Or That's not. okay. Yeah. So you were seventeen. Yeah. So t yeah, yeah. T tell me about that. Um, you know, we used to go to house parties and. and um, uh, everybody would have, you know, a few beers and, and whatnot. And Craig would always seem to have a bottle with him besides the free beer. Mm. And, uh, I just couldn't, I just couldn't drink normally. I, I drank to get drunk right from the get go. Otherwise, what's the point? Right? Exactly. I, I mean, why, why drink unless I'm going to get messed up? Yeah, I mean. Right? And I mean messed up as fast as I could. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember um, uh, probably when I was 18 is when I started to drink and black out. Um, you know, having those blackout episodes right. was uh, really scary. Mm -hmm. um, I a number of times didn't know where where I'd been, what I had done, what I had said. Um, you know, I, I used to have friends tell me, oh, God, you know, Craig, you were the life of the party. And, and I would be, you know, wow, you know, had no idea, mm -hmm. had, had no idea. Um, you know, uh, 
part of my story is um, is drugs, and you know I uh, a lot of people in AA recovery, you know, they just want strictly AA talk. Yeah, you know, I I gotta ridiculous. tell you, my story is my story, and you know my story will be with me until I'm no more. So mm -hmm. uh, drugs were a part of my story. Well, I think you come, especially once you get into recovery, you come to realize mind-altering is mind-altering is mind-altering, no matter how you decorate doubt. it. You but, know, you but, can, the, the ism is the ism, and the, the results are typically the same, a life that is burned to the ground. So, yeah. Exactly, exactly. You know, the ism, some people might not know, you know, I seek more, mm -hmm. right? You know, more and more and more mm -hmm. uh, was never enough. Um, I, uh, I got married, I, uh, we had a, uh, a son passed away very, very early, early, um, very early on. Um, I don't remember the funeral, why I was so I don't. I, I got a potty mouth, Christine. I That's was a, you, so, you just I do was, you, sweetheart. This is this is an open forum. I want you it, to be Craig. You know, um, I was so drunk. Um, I don't remember. Um, don't remember the funeral. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I was never present uh, during my during my drinking career, and I call it a career because you know that that's the way it was. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate. I, I never, you, you know, people talk about their yet list, mm -hmm. right? You mm -hmm. know, I I was fortunate. I, I didn't get a DUI. I, I never drove the wrong way on the freeway. I never killed anybody driving the wrong way on the freeway. I never, I, I was not, I, I was, um, I hate that term functioning alcoholic because right, you, you know, come on. I, right. It wasn't functioning. Right. Um, but you hadn't completely lost every single thing, liberties and everything at no, that point. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. not at all. And, um, and the fact of the matter is, is a lot of us did and it didn't make a shit. I mean, right? it, it didn't right? make a damn bit of difference. I got right. a, I exactly. got a DUI and the, and I had to spend one night in jail. And the minute right. my husband got me home, I was off to the liquor store. It, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Mm -mm. So, you, you know, um, it's, it's what that bottom is or was for every right. single person. Right. You know, that, that bottom is, is, is our bottom. Um, you know, I, I, there, there was a, a number of deaths in the family that uh, I don't remember the funerals. I don't remember. I, I don't remember these things. I was never present. Um, you know, I, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I have to tell you that um, I did, I did do some, you know, some crazy things, you know, but th that's my, my story, my war story. Um, that wife and I ended up separating after our child, after we lost our child. Mm. Um, I, um, I absolutely hated and did not have any relationship with my, uh, with my favorite, you know, with my God. 
who, who I truly have a great relationship with now. So were you raised know, knowing a God? And were you, what, tell, tell yeah. me just a, a, a little bit about that, that come, oh, you know, sure. that raising. I, I, like for sure. me, I had no, I was not raised anywhere near a church. I was not, you know, I was sprinkled as a little baby because that's what you did, you know. <laughs> but aside from oh. that, I had no concept of God whatsoever. I thought that that was for the people that dressed up on Sunday and went to the building with the tea on oh, top sure. of it, you know. Sure. I, I grew up in, in a Judaic household and um, we did what was required of us. Um, God was never talked about, mm. was never, um, uh, a part of our, not, not that it wasn't a part of our life, but not in a big way, not, not in a way where, where people pray to God and, um, you know, have relationships with God and, and, and now it's so much different because, you know, you can have a relationship right. with God. Um, and so my faith even though i i had my faith and i believed in my my faith and my religion and and everything like that uh, separate from that i had no relationship with god got it um and when my baby had passed away um that was god's fault mm. right you know everything was god's fault mm-hmm. um you know um uh, it was uh, it was a very sad time in my life, and the only way for me to get through life on life's terms at that time was drink mm-hmm. and drink more and drink more. Um, met my uh, this is you know that this is going to be crazy. Too. Come on, let's go. Yeah, maybe not crazy. I, it, it's on. it's probably but, not, honey. Right? So, <laughs> Bring so it. I, I, <laughs> I met my second wife, and um, we we were drinking partners. Um, we, uh, you know, life was great for a while. Life was really good. We raised two beautiful daughters. Uh, they were not my biological, but they were little, little, little. Um, so they were, uh, you know, I was dad. I still am dad to them. Oh, that's amazing. Um, they're in their middle and late 30s now. Um and uh, had a good life, you know, um, not, life was not always bad around alcohol. It didn't get bad until it was bad. Mm. Um, probably around, um, I don't know, 1990-ish, um, at, a, at a construction industry injury, and I was laid up for about 18 months. Oh, wow. And, and for that 18 months, um, you know, back then, you know, the doctors would have open prescriptions for painkillers. And every single, you know, all I had to do was call the pharmacy. They knew me by name. They yep. would say, come on by, your prescription's ready. So between taking prescription meds and drinking, um, you know, it, it got bad. And... Um, I recovered from that. I recovered from my, uh, from my injury, um, quit taking pain medication, but of course I, I wouldn't stop, uh, wouldn't stop drinking, you know, that, that, you know, that never entered into my mind. I'm surprised the pain medication didn't get you. 
Yeah, you know, the, the pain medication, you know, it just um, uh, exhilarated the, the, so I thought the, the drinking, right, just made me feel better quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was taking pills to wake up. I was taking pills to stop the pain. I was taking pills to go to bed. And in between, I was drinking like a fish, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, you know, we raised, my my ex-wife and I, we raised um, two fantastic kids. Um, through this time, my drinking got um, very heavy very heavy. I, I drank uh, every day, every day. Um, I got into the insurance business that I'm in right now. And in the insurance business, uh, drinking is run rampant. There's a lot of people in my industry that, that drink. Um, you know, I don't know who's an alcoholic, who's not. That's not my concern. That's not my business. Um, but you know, it's, it's a business that, that a lot of people socially gather and drink a lot. Um, my girls, um, grew up, we took them on trips. We had great times. Uh, there was a lot of, um, traveling and, Every time we did anything, it, it revolved around drinking. It, everything we did revolved around drinking. Um, at the time, I didn't think I was an alcoholic drinker. I just thought I was a social drinker. I, I you know, because everybody that was around me and, and my ex-wife, you know, that's everybody drank. Mm-hmm. Everybody drank. Mm-hmm. Um, again, when the party was over and everybody would leave, I still drank. You know, the party was never over for me. Right. You know, the party only got worse. Um, what happened? Uh, <clears throat> early 2003, um, I found myself in a predicament um, It my work, and I... In order to cope with the stress, I started drinking daily. And it wasn't beer, and it wasn't just vodka, and it wasn't just wine. Um, I started drinking uh, constantly to deal with the stress. Anything to not live life on life's terms. Mm -hmm. And and if I would start coming down from a buzz... I drank more to increase the buzz so I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't have to let my mind think about what was going on with the stress. Um, it, it got to the point probably around 2000, um, 2004, the latter part of 2004, uh, the chemical addiction took over. And when I say the chemical addiction, um, I was I was drinking. <clears throat> you know, I, I think about it, and I get kind of emotional about this because um, I, I can't believe it. Sometimes when I talk about it, Christine, mm-hmm. uh, 
I was drinking um, a half a bottle or a half a gallon of kettle one and a bottle of wine a day. Um, do you know how many shots are in a half a gallon? Right, 39 shots. 39 shots are in a half a gallon of booze. Mm. And I drank that every single day, every single day. Um, and I did that probably, um, like I say, pro probably 2004, 2005, um, 2006. This issue had lasted um, three and a half years of my life, got um, consumed by this issue. Um, through my work mm. um, and I remember I, I remember um, that there was a point where my my body started um, my body started going through this change um, and and I consider I, I believe I really believe what it was is that my body was trying to acclimate to all of the alcohol that I was ingesting. Um, I I was sweating constantly. My hands were shaking and trembling. Um, I, I couldn't use a fork without my hands shaking. And um, I remember I, I remember going to the doctor and. Um, he told me, he said, well, you know, Craig, it, it appears that you have a urine infection. Oh, my God, bladder infection. I came home. I was the happiest guy in the world. <laughs> told my ex-wife, I said, I'm good That's to go. That's why I and, don't feel good. I said, you know, I'm good to go. Oh, you know, I, I just had a bladder infection. <sighs> oh, my God. Right? You know, try to fool everybody, but you really never fooled anybody. Right? Um I certainly felt, well, I, I'm going to beg to differ with you for a second there because we sure fool, fooled ourselves. We yeah. sure, and I, and I, and I, I kind of, I kind of snickered, you know, it, it, just because, you know, it's, it's so, I'm just, and I hate interrupting you, but it, you know, it, there's as much as we are different, we are the exact same person, Craig. I'm going to tell you that right now. We are, we, we, we are twins. You start talking about going to the doctor. I remember having to have Rick have to sign my name in because I was shaking so much. I couldn't write my name. But there was a medical problem wrong with me that we, we were seeking. Couldn't have never have been the alcohol. Such bullshit that we make ourselves believe. Right. It's crazy. Right. Uh, the same exact thing. My ex-wife and I had to go sign some papers. And that was when I realized that I'd lost that motor skill of signing my name. Right. And. My hand was shaking so bad, I, I couldn't stop my hand from shaking. But I said, don't worry, you know, that's that bladder infection, don't worry. And, um, you know. But we knew, we, knew the, we knew the remedy, right? What was the remedy to get the shakes to stop? What was the remedy uh -huh. to, uh -huh. to stop the it, shaking? Uh-huh. For, for me, it was just one drink. Just one, one drink, and I was normal. I was, everything was just fine. It was, right. that's all it took to, to make right. me normal again. Right? No shit. Exactly what you just said. 
to a T. I mean, we are cut from the same cloth. It's nuts. I, I mean, <laughs> it's the same. It's the same story. That the same absolute everything. Mm -hmm. um, it two thousand four, and you know that there was. Um, I would go to work. Um, this is part of my story that. Um, I, th there is no humor about this. Um, I was at, in the book. We talk about that jumping off place, right? Mm, absolutely. Uh, the the place that you can't live with drinking, and you want to die. You want to live. You want to die. You can't live. You can't die. Right? You can't live with with the alcohol. You can't live without it. You know, I consider that like that vortex of, of the toilet go, going around mm -hmm. like this, right? Mm -hmm. And um, there was an area I had um, I had made a decision that I didn't want to live anymore. And um, on, on the way to my office, uh, it was... Uh, kind of a hilly area and you know that there were um, guardrails in some areas and there was a spot where there was um, no guardrails mm. and I told myself that's the spot that's it I can do this and and I won't have to go through this anymore I won't have to go through the pain I won't have to go through the um, th this this mind-blowing thing that was going on in my brain that I could not shut off. And I was so ready to do this, I even looked at my life insurance policy regarding suicide. Right. Right. So I wanted to make sure that it didn't look like suicide. Mm. Uh, every day... Then I drove to the office. I got to that place, and all I had to do was just turn the wheel slightly. And, and I, uh, not obviously, but um, I, I never did that. I, I never got to the point where I um, would um, actually turn the wheel. Um, May, it was Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I, I just, I, we had just got, I just got out of the, the problem or the issue that was three, four, five years going at work. Um, everything was in my favor. Everything was fantastic. Uh, life was grand. And the only thing left was Craig was a full blown drunk. Did Craig you know it at that time? Did no. You? Okay, okay, okay. I'm with no, you. No, I had you. no clue. I'm with you. It, it snuck up on me the so insanity. bad, Christine, mm -hmm. that I had no clue. Um, I, I, I got to the point where um, I blacked out every single night, and my ex-wife would say that um, I would wake up and...
take like three or four steps and fall face first on, on the carpet almost every night. Um, that was not enough to make me even slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, one morning I, I, I woke up and I went into the restroom, to the bathroom, get ready to go take a shower. And I looked in the mirror and my entire face was covered in blood because I, when I fell, I clipped my forehead on mm. the corner of the wall. That wasn't enough. That wasn't enough to make me stop. That was an accident. That, yeah. that was an oops. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be careful. I'll be more careful. I'll be careful. Um, one morning at uh, 5 a.m., I woke up soaking wet next to my swimming pool at my house. Um, the sliding door was wide open. I must have walked and fell into the swimming pool, uh, pulled myself out, and woke up a couple of hours later, later laying next to the swimming pool, mm. soaked wet. Uh, that wasn't enough. Come on. That, that still was not enough. Um, nothing, nothing was enough. Um, until Memorial Day weekend, uh, 2009, we had this big blowout Memorial Day party at our house, and uh, there was a band, and we 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 used to throw some really um, big parties and lots of people, and uh, I I don't know, it, it must have been um, the jig was getting up if you will, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I didn't know it at the time, but, um, a lot of my friends, my ex-wife, they had been talking about my drinking and about a week before, um, this Memorial day party, um, apparently my ex-wife had cleaned out the liquor cabinet and moved all the bottles. So I wouldn't find them. I, I didn't know this at the time. Um, and so while the party was going on and everybody was out having a good time, um, that, that, um, the chemical addiction part of me at that time, I had to drink every hour. I, I had to ingest alcohol every hour. Um, I was in the kitchen like an animal on the ground, looking in cabinets, looking for, uh, the alcohol and lo and behold, Way in the back, I found a bottle of brandy, Christian Brothers brandy. Mm. Way in the back, I grabbed it, and I opened the, the top, and I started to drink. And as I started to drink, I could see my reflection in the window. And I was going, fuck. Mm-hmm. What the hell is going on? Um you know, at, at that point, um, at that point in my life, uh, I couldn't write. I couldn't use the computer. I, I couldn't type on the computer. Um, I couldn't read out loud. I could not read words and read them out loud. Um, I was right at the point of probably having wet brain. Um, I, I really, um, I really, really believe that. 
Tell tell people who who are unfamiliar with that term, Craig. Tell people what wet wet brain is. Oh my gosh, wet, wet brain. I've, is I've met one person. I've met one person. He never made it back, or he never it, made it out of it. I, exactly. Uh, a sponsee of mine um, had wet brain. He ended up not making it back on his last relapse. Wet brain is the effects of alcohol that. No matter what happens, your brain and your body cannot come back to, I, I want to say reality, any kind of normalcy. Um, you know, it's even, even if you were to get sober, all of the brain, everything is short-circuited. That's the best way maybe I, I could. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially just permanent. It's permanent damage that you've done to your brain. Exactly, irreversible. Yeah, right, right. No matter no matter what the recovery is. So yeah, that's the man. Right. And it's scary to see someone in full brain. Oh oh my God! You know, when you talk to a person that has wet brain, um, and you know, you still think that they are um, drunk, and they're not. I Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it was them sober, and it was like, oh my God. So, um, at this party, um, all of a sudden, um, everybody from the party was gone. The band was gone. And this is in the middle of the afternoon. Mm. And I found myself sitting on the couch with about eight or eight of our friends and they were doing an intervention on me. Wow. And I, I had no idea that everybody was trying to get everybody to leave the party uh, because Craig was um, so messed up. And um, they proceeded to, you know, I remember one of my close friend, she was sitting next to me, you know, she kept rubbing my back, telling me it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, you know, what the hell are you guys talking about? There's nothing wrong with me. And you know, they said, you know, we really think you need to go into rehab. And I said, rehab? I said, I can do this on my own. And um, they said, no, you know, we, we really think you need to go in and get some help. And I said, no way. I said, I'll show you guys. Um, Everybody left. This is Memorial Day weekend. That was, I I think that was on a Monday Memorial Day. Um, Everybody left. I found myself in the garage drinking hot beers that were from the party. They were hot. They were just in the garage. And uh, I said, wow. Literally, I I remember this, drinking the hot beers. Um, That very next morning, I drove to the office, and it had been four or five hours since I had had any alcohol in me. I was going into full-blown DTs, um, the tremors, the shakes, Mm. uncontrollably the shakes. Um, And I hopped into my car. And I drove about halfway home, and I remembered I had these little tiny bottles of, uh, you know, the, the little throwaway bottles of booze, mm-hmm. and there was they were empty, 
but there I was on the side of the road trying to suck out every, every ounce of whatever I could out of these little tiny bottles. And um, I got home and I couldn't punch the code into my front door. Uh, my hands were trembling and shaking so bad I couldn't hit the code to unlock the door. Uh, my my ex-wife uh, opened the door. Uh, she saw what was going on with me. Um, she called the doctor, and the doctor said that, you know, that they believe they need to send an ambulance for me, that, you know, I'm going through some terrible detoxing, and that, you know, that I should be... Uh, need some medical supervision. Mm -hmm. uh, I refused the medical supervision. And for anybody that is listening mm. that remotely understands this, that was probably the most, um, that was probably the most stupid thing I could have ever done. Very dangerous. Uh, I, I made it upstairs. Um, I was semi-conscious for three days in and out of detoxing. Um, I came to after three days and yeah, I apparently from dragging myself to the bathroom, I had rug burns on my elbows and my knees. And, um, I came out of that pretty good. I came out of that, that detox pretty good. Um, I quit drinking for 45 days and I told myself, I'm not an alcoholic. I got this thing beat. Mm -hmm. Look at that. I just quit for 45 days. I can have a drink. I don't, I don't need, I, I don't need AA because some, one of my friends said, maybe you need to go to AA and it's like, I got this thing whipped. What are you talking about? So about 45 days later, I had my first drink, led to the second, led to the third, led to two and a half weeks I was full-blown blacking out again and I remember standing in the kitchen and I told my ex-wife and this is this is the one of the biggest parts of my recovery now is I said there is something wrong with me I and I looked up and I said God I said please help me I said I can't do this there is something wrong help me Right. That was the ultimate surrender. Mm. God knew at that point I was not bullshitting. God knew that that was not the, oh, get me out of this little situation. Right. God, oh, you know, uh, he knew that um, I was serious about this. Um, and two days later, um, uh, back up, right when I asked God to come into my life, right then and there when I surrendered. Uh, that was when the obsession of alcohol was removed from me. Mm. Never had another fleeting thought about obsession over alcohol. Um, and remember now, I had just come off of a relapse that I had drank for another two weeks solid and still blacking out. Um, I had not had any alcohol and I, the trembles, the shakes were gone. Everything was gone. I, I had, it was, it was, um, 
with God coming into my life. Saved my ass again. Um, this time, though, he knew I was serious. No, this time you uh, asked him to. Right? Right? I mean, come on. This time on, you asked him, you know, it, it says in that big, big book, you know, and, and it's one of those things that we, we're not naive, Craig. We know that there are several paths to recovery, but the fact of the matter is, at least for my life, and you've, you've testified here <laughs> that in, in your life too, that it took a power greater than ourselves. But the main, the main key, the key that, that unlocked the prison door that we had locked ourselves was right. simply surrendering that key over to a power greater than ourselves that would let easily and willingly and quickly, just like right. you said, usually without uh, consequence. Because I, I, I had the same exact experience. I would go into full-on seizures when I'd try to stop, but the minute I surrendered, for some reason, I was waiting. I was almost waiting like an abused, you know, person from from alcohol. From alcohol, I was waiting for that punch, waiting for that withdrawal symptom and they just they didn't right. come recovery right. just started you know right. it was nuts absolutely two days later uh, i went to my first aa meeting um that would have been that puts me right at about july 28th 2009 and uh, i went to my first aa meeting um, and I came home after that meeting and I thought it was, I thought it was, um, I didn't think it was real, right? Yeah. I, I thought this was a bunch of crap. I thought it was a setup. Mm -hmm. It's too, um, it's I, too simple. Right. Too, yeah. And, right. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what I did was I went home and had a couple of beers. I hid that from everybody. Um, that's why. My sobriety date is July 31st. Mm -hmm. uh, my first day driving back to the office, uh, I had a panic attack and my body started trembling real bad uh, because it was my first day going back to work and driving on that road right where I, everything flashing back, flashing back, flashing back. And uh, all of a sudden, I had this panic attack. My body started shaking. And I was on the road right where the guardrail, where the, the break in the guardrail was. Mm. And all of a sudden, as I sit here and tell you, this is gospel truth, Christine. All of a sudden, everything got bright white inside my car. I mean, I, I couldn't see in front of me. Everything was so bright that I, I, I didn't I didn't know what was happening. The next thing I knew, I had passed that break in the guardrail, and the color came back, and I could actually see again. You know, see on the road, mm -hmm. and uh, I looked up, and I and I looked up at the time, and I said, "I will be a follower of yours till the day I am no more." I said, I will never doubt you. I said, yeah. and I, um, to this day, truly believe that a power greater than myself actually came to me um, and helped me mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. um, Love Alcoholics Anonymous got into AA 
still didn't believe you people. You guys, you guys were all lying to me. Everybody hugging and laughing and having a good time. They could, about- they could not have been near no, as no. as much of an alcoholic as I was. Right, yeah. exactly. You didn't you have it near no as bad. Clue what I was going through. It's such right? a bullshit. I mean, you know, it's, we're still telling understand? we're still telling our ourselves bullshit when a higher power has saved us. Right. Right. Don't you understand what uh, kind of problem I have? How can you all just be so happy? What's so funny? And That's right. <laughs> and, and and loving and all this other stuff and um I remember um this old timer, my very first meeting, he is still my mentor. He was never my sponsor, but my mentor. He's, uh, um, I, I don't know, I think upwards in the 40 year range mm. of sobriety. And um, I remember after that, that first meeting, he walked me up to the front, got me a big book and, and one of those yellow uh, pocket meeting books. Mm-hmm. And, um, he turned to the page where there was no writing and he opened the book and he goes, you see this page right here where there is no writing. He said, this is where you, this is your beginning. This is where you get to start. You get to wipe away everything from your past. You don't ever have to feel like this again. And we start fresh Mm. right here. And um, of course I thought he was full of crap. Right. I mean, you know, um, how can this help me? I've tried to quit myself. Right. How can this help me? How can God? No, no medical treatment has been able no. to help me. Yeah. No. And you think some no. book and right. yeah, right. I, I get I, it. I mean, come on. I get it. How the hell is this going to get me to stop drinking or make me feel better? Right. And there yeah. was no there, and it's still, I have to tell you, I, I got to be 100% straight up with you, Christine. I didn't think there was any hope for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I thought I was not going to make it. I thought I was still going to die. Um, that was July, August, the very beginning of September. Um, I remember being at my meeting, it was a Saturday morning, and this guy got a 13 year token. And um, I heard his story, and my brain started firing again. And it it told me, if this guy can do it, oh my God, Craig, you got a shot at this. Mm-hmm. Right then, that was the epiphany. That's the light switch went on. I got a sponsor. Right. I got a sponsor. I started working the 12 steps in a row from a sponsor who had a sponsor who has sponsees mm-hmm. right out of the book. Um, no wavering. Well, little wavering. I mean, you know, come on. It was my first time ever doing this. Sure. Right? Sure. How honest, how honest do you really right. want me to be? Come on. You know, my <laughs> life was right. fucking terrible and you want me to tell you everything. Right. About my life? Right. I don't want you to hate me or kick me out of the, uh, of the, of the gl- club. Right. Ex- exactly. <laughs> right. I, I mean, you know, I would say things at meetings and people's eyebrows would go up and it would mm-hmm. be like, Oh my God, I hope they still let me back here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was my journey. Um, but you know, hearing that guy's story, that 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 just goes to show the the. And I I'm 
going to use the word magic just because of, you know, right? I know I know a lot of people get hung up on the word God, but that's the beauty of the program is is that, you know, that is the real Me Too movement. movement. Right? You know, when you sit here and talk about going to the doctor's office and you couldn't write your name, I mean, like a friggin', uh, uh, you know, twilight zone moment, I can go back to that waiting room right there, standing at that window and looking at Rick going, please write my name for me because I can't do it. But so, so when, when we have that soul to soul tie, that soul to soul similarity, there is a connection there like no other connection to someone out here on the street because I get you man i i me too i oh you've been at that gate of hell me too i stood there too right you know i mean it's just so powerful you know i don't understand people that that don't go to meetings or aren't in in a group i mean you know to god bless them but but i just i i i would just i literally would wither and die without my group to try to keep me right. half oh, ass with, sane without a doubt i with, just can't without even without a doubt mm. You know, I, I had a problem with the God thing because when I came into Alcoholics Anonymous, um, I was at odds with God. Mm-hmm. You know, God, mm-hmm. God took my child away from me. God did this. God let me be an alcoholic. God did this. God did that. This this mentor of mine one Saturday morning brought in a little plaque about, and it was, and I read it, and it was footprints in the sand. Mm. And if anybody has ever thought about it you can google footprints in the sand and if you read it real carefully uh, you'll understand what i mean when i tell you that god let every single thing happen to me for a reason and he carried me through Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. he carried me through and set me down gently he didn't he didn't let like i say my my yet's list right he carried me through so I could experience, I had to experience every single thing that happened in my life for me to get to where I am even today. Um, you know, I have, um, I've had a couple sponsors, um, for no other reason than, you know, we, we kind of drifted and, you know, I, I needed to further my, uh, my horizons, if you will. Um, I've sponsored people, um, my last sponsee I, I mentioned before um, actually didn't make it back after his mm. last relapse, and that really, really bothered me a lot. Um, I have a fantastic sponsor now. Um, I have five sponsee brothers that we all have the same sponsor. We get together and fellowship. We go to breakfast on a mm. Saturday morning. Um, you know, um, I listen to this, how life works. Uh, My ex-wife and I, um, I had to make a decision. Uh, After 19 years, six months of marriage, uh, that my sobriety had to come first. And I had to say goodbye to my drinking partner, to that. my life was in danger at that time. Mm-hmm. That was after, uh, I don't know, about five years of sobriety. Um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. 
anymore. Um, I left. Um, I met my soulmate in sobriety. We, this September, will be married four years. Mm, congratulations. She, um, she has, uh, she's coming up on 13 years of sobriety. Uh, we have a sober home. We talk recovery. We go to meetings together. Um, some people might think it's a very humdrum life, but you know what? It is a life better than I could have ever dreamed in my, in, in my entire, I, I couldn't fathom anything better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and I owe it to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, you know, the pandemic started, Christine, right? Meetings got shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the hell am I going to do? What, what is Craig going to do now for his sobriety? Well, especially when liquor stores were essential. Right. Yeah. Can, can you imagine? Uh, figure. I know. I know. Go figure. It, it's like big pharma keep giving out all all these these pills and you know keeping people addicted, yep. right? You know, yep. yeah, liquor stores essential, right? Mm-hmm. People doing um, but happy damn you, hours. Zoom happy hours. So everybody yeah. gets so damn fucked up, right? So messed right. up that that they it, it was a normalcy. Everything was Crazy. normal. A a meeting shut down. Um, I ended up. Uh, remembering of, of a sobriety platform, uh, sobriety engine. And um, I got in with sobriety engine at very early on um, during the pandemic and um, got service work, online service work, right? I was a moderator, you know, doing similar to what you're doing, um, but not recorded podcasts. I mean, it was Meetings, right, sure. And I, I did that for for three years. The, the, the platform is still up. You know, um, I did kept myself in service uh, as much as I could. Um, my wife and I now go back to the same room that we used to go to before the pandemic. It's the Alano Club in Lemon Grove, California. Um, it feels so good to be back into the rooms. And last Saturday, uh, I watched a gentleman uh, get a 30-year token. And he sang his rendition, What Condition My Condition Is In. Oh, wow. do, you, do you remember the song? Say, you know, what condition my condition yes. I'm not a singer. Yes. What condition my condition is uh-huh. in. Right? Uh-huh. Okay, so he... As he is singing the song, and as much as people say it, and some people might not understand it, alcohol is not my problem. Mm. Alcohol is not Craig's problem. My problem, the committee, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The committee, the committee that that will tell me one thing, and uh, knowing or not knowing that it's really not true. The perception, right? right? I I sit and look at Christine and I think, oh my God, what is she thinking of me? Oh, she probably thinks I am this, this, this. And you know what? The perception, that's a bunch of bull crap. Because you know what? Um, 
how the hell can I ever know or even believe to think what you think of me? Right. Right. And, and it gets to a point where um, I had a lot of changes going on in my life in recovery. Um, right. It, it comes from the inside out. Um, the, the change that the change for Craig is that um, life doesn't revolve around me. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, people people extended their hand freely to me when I walked into the room. Um, I offer my hand to people that want recovery or that believe they want recovery. Mm -hmm. What was so freely given to me, I want to pass along. Right. Right. Th this is the best form of, um, of uh, service work, you know, being able to talk about this. And hopefully, hopefully there's one person out there that goes, oh, my God, this guy just told his story for the last hour. And you know what? Damn. It sounds really close to like what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. If this guy can do it, maybe, maybe I can do it. Right. Or that somebody got 15 minutes of peace, right? Somebody's really suffering from their with their recovery or, and having a hard time with their recovery right now. And for them to just sit and just listen to somebody else tell their story. And know that they're not alone. I've been there. You were there. I was there. We were there together at the same spot that person is at right mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. right now, right? And we were all at that same point of that jumping off point where we can't live with and can't live without and wanting to die and, and not wanting to live. And um, don't get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. I can walk outside my house right here and life is right there, real life. And sometimes it's hard. Oh, sure. Sometimes it's still hard. Um, you know, this program is not meant for me to do it by myself. It's meant for me to do the program with you, mm -hmm. with other fellows, they're fellowshipping uh, other people in recovery, right? It, it's, it was never designed for me to do it by myself. I have to be able to be conscious enough to be able to reach out um, and to know that um, it's okay to have the feelings that I have and to be able to call somebody and talk about my feelings because, you know, when I was an alcoholic, when I was an alcoholic, I'm always going to be an alcoholic, right? Right, right, right. You know, no, I, I got I, you. I, when recovered. you were in active addiction. <laughs> exactly. You know, sometimes I announce myself as a recovered alcoholic. And I just, I have, I'll preface by saying I've recovered from a hopeless state of there mind. There you go. Body. Recovered, I, not cured. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, you know, you, you, you can't become a cucumber once you become a pickle. That's right. right. That's so, right. you know, it, it's all good. You know, tomato, tomato, whatever you want to say, it's all good. Um, you know, I, I just really, um, I, I love the opportunity to um, offer service, you know, um, my experience, strength and hope. Look, three days, God willing, mm. in three days, I got a shot. 
Christine, I got a shot at 14 continuous years. That's crazy. Isn't that unbelievable for That's a beautiful. drunk? That's beautiful. Right. Well, I'm I'm so grateful that you were willing to tell your story. And, and the one thing I want to I want to back up because I think it's so crucial and and people don't know and and you said it perfectly when you were um when you were left alone and you you mentioned, you know, that's the worst thing decision that I could have made was rejecting that medical help. You you should never withdraw from alcohol um by yourself. And, and ideally under medical supervision. Alcohol is the one drug you can die from the withdrawal. Please hear Amen. me. If you are actively in the addiction or if you have a loved one, they cannot do that. They f- certainly should not, but they, they cannot do that by themselves. That is so dangerous. At a bare minimum, please make sure that they're not alone. Um, ideally, they're under a, a medical supervision because not only is it painful, it can actually kill them and ki- yeah. or kill you if you're the one that's in it. So so please suck up the 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 pride or whatever it is, bullshit that you're telling yourself yeah. and just don't don't get through that by yourself. It's just it's, it's no, so and, dangerous. And you know, you're 100 percent right. I didn't know about uh, about people that can Most die. Don't. And, and yep. the doctor told me, he said, you know, alcohol is the only drug that people can actually die from yep. on their uh, coming, you know, detoxing and withdrawing. Yes. Um, and I mean, all the, all other drugs, you, you know, you throw meth, crank, crack up, throw, you know, hair, throw it all in. They want to die, but, but alcohol is the one thing that it will kill you. So please, please, please seek medical attention. Um, Absolutely. And that's putting that, that pride aside for just a minute. Well, I am so happy for you and, and your sobriety. What a, a beautiful story of redemption. And, and you're right. You'll reach that milestone but just by doing it one day at a time. So so getting Amen. through it, I'm grateful that you chose to spend part of this day with me, um, helping to just be a hand to that person who is still suffering. Absolutely. Anytime you need anything, you know how to ping me, and uh, I'll be there for you. You got it. Well, keep keep wearing them shirts. I I, I love I love it. And speaking of which, you know, uh, Purpose Driven Sobriety um, Podcast is a nonprofit. We do have some recovery shirts at purposedrivensobriety.com. Um, there's a $5 profit that's made on every shirt, and every single penny goes into the production of this show. So um, be sure to check that out if you, if you get a chance. Um, Craig, God bless you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm grateful to you. Oh, thank you for having me, Christine, and thank you for your service. Sure. Have a blessed day, sir. You too. All right. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Keep coming back.